Hey there, believers. Let's get through this commercial break first so we can enjoy a full show. Want to be prepared for anything that 2024 throws at you from day-to-day life to a national emergency? From the office to the outdoors, then check out SquatchSurvivalGear.com. All packs are made in America, and all components of all packs are made in America. From the fabric to the frame, so you're supporting multiple small businesses when you shop with Squat Survival Gear. Chris, the owner, is a military vet, so all packs are made beyond mil-spec. These things are bomb-proof, and I use my gear daily. I use the Mothman pack going back and forth to work, and my Rock Ape pack stays loaded out in the Jeep. Go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and get the piece of gear for the peace of mind today. Use promo code BUMP24 to save 15% site-wide. That's B-U-M-P-24 to save 15% site-wide. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. I got a great episode for you this week. Um, this is a swap cast. It's a joint operation done by myself and the guys from By Their Fruits podcast, uh, Jeremy and John. They invited me to come on. They wanted to talk about uh, Klaus Schwab and the Great Reset. And their knowledge is vastly superior to mine when it comes to this topic. Um, I've been a truther. I've been a critical thinker for probably 15 years, but I've, I have, I've been sleeping on the world economic forum. I ain't going to lie. Um, I, I had a little bit of a black pill moment several years ago and I had to step back a little bit and, uh, you know, I was just seeing the doom and gloom. And so I, I changed my whole perspective. You guys know what my worldview is. Um, but I, I share a worldview with these guys. And what they do is they get into these conspiracies. They get into these um, these hidden agendas and they expose it. And they do it in a way that I can line up with. 
I dig it. It's a lot of fun. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you go to Buy Their Fruits podcast and give them a five-star rating and review, okay? Um, just support them, build them up. They're, they're doing the Lord's work out there. Uh, also, you guys know the song that plays at the end of my show, right? I get emails, I would say at least once a week, maybe, that asks, you know, where can people find that song? I've explained it several times about, you know, how I come about it, how I have it, and how you're not going to find it on Spotify anytime soon. But um, it's an anointed song. It's a, it's a blessing. I hope if you haven't listened to it, if you don't stick around after the outro, typically, I hope that you do. I hope that you take that chance to, to listen to the songs that play at the end. They're beautiful. But I, I get so much feedback about it. A buddy of mine, uh, a brother in Christ and podcast, Justin Kaiser. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him from Appalachian Intelligence. He, uh, he, he and I were talking about the song, you know, so I sent him my audio file. This brother went so far as to cover it for me. And he sent me a a file of him singing the song. It's beautiful. You guys, you you got to get a hold of Justin and ask him to sing you some pretty music. <laughs> this guy has a gift that he doesn't share on the show. You know, it's it's wonderful. But he's given me permission to uh, take the song that he sang and share it on here. So I'm going to do that before this show starts. I'm going to go ahead and just plug it in here. That way, if you don't stick around to the end to hear the original, um, you're going you're gonna to have a couple minutes to listen to Justin cover this song. And he does an amazing job. He has a, a great voice, and uh, he has a passion and a gift. So I want to make sure that you guys get to get to witness this. Um, so yeah, that's Buy Their Fruits Podcast. Go give them a five-star rating review. Go follow them, sub to them. And the same for Appalachian Intelligence. If if you're not already following those guys, if you haven't already given them a five-star rating review, do that for them too. Um, and if you have, that's fine. Just use a different email and go give them another one. <laughs> All right. If you have an experience you'd like to share, Holler at me. You can get a hold of me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on the bump phone. That's 304-812-0553. You can get a hold of me on any social media. And I apologize now for not having a whole lot on YouTube lately. My computer is doing no better. Um, I downloaded a new video editor. And every time I import and export my files... My it can't find them. I don't know what's going on. Um, it's just been a hard stop on videos. And on the last interview I did, I haven't released it yet, but the last interview I did, um, even my my audio files are having a hard time. I don't know. It's like my my whole computer crashed. And it took about half an hour to get back online just so we could wrap up the show. So we're facing a little opposition. But what's new, right? 
All right, I'll quit babbling and we'll just go ahead and jump into it. Here is the swap cast of the Great Reset. Who's that yonder in the distance with his garment white as snow with a voice that sounds like thunder walking on the street of gold his appearance is like lightning sitting high upon his throne has ten thousand times ten thousand say we finally made it home glory glory hallelujah praise the lamb forevermore praise the holy name of jesus bless the lord oh my soul in that city there's a river flowing from god's holy throne where the tree of life is blooming where the half has not been told no more tears in that bright city death will have to flee away no more sickness no more heartache in that land of perfect day glory glory hallelujah praise the lamb forevermore praise the holy name of jesus bless the lord oh my soul there's a table in that country seated with the saints of old with their troubles far behind them to never suffer anymore i'm going home in the morning to that land so bright and fair to walk the streets of gold with jesus in that city built for square 
Glory, glory, hallelujah. Praise the Lamb forevermore. Praise the holy name of Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Yes, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Humans are now hackable animals. All right, welcome to Buy Their Fruits, episode 53. This is a a special one, boys. We got a little swap cast going on. We got uh, Bo Kennedy on from um, the Bump Podcast. How you doing, Bo? Doing fantastic. Thank you guys for bringing me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, this is going to be fun. John, how you doing over there? Doing well, Jeremy. I can't complain with all things considered going uh, on in the world, but uh, no matter what, uh, have faith in the Lord. God's got us, brother, uh, and he is faithful even when we uh, fail and are not, and uh, it's good to be back as always. So, You know what? That's true, dude. I probably won't feel uncomfortable, like, uncomfortable in this world until like the day i can't sleep without my fan in my face and i'm like okay things are real bad dude <laughs> like <laughs> this ain't gonna be fun as jesus said the day comes when no man can work so uh right. looks like we might be entering into those times we'll see so oh uh, i'll tell you what that's uh that's on track what we're going to be talking about today because i'm pretty sure the world economic form eventually doesn't want us to work so yeah, or own anything, uh, right? They just want you to rent and be happy with it. Yep, they said um, you will own nothing and be happy. So yeah. they're they're truly working on that right now as we speak. There's a lot of uh, it's funny because people don't realize how much destruction is going to happen before they can make the order out of that chaos. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be some smooth transition into this false utopia. Like it's going to be bad. Things are going to really go downhill. It's going to be a lot of struggle. But I guess I'll start off by just giving a little background um, about the World Economic Forum. Um, The World Economic Forum was created in 1971 by Klaus Schwab. And I'm not going to get too much into this dude because me and John did a couple different podcasts with William Ramsey. Or was that Brian? Either one. You were were with me for one of them. It was McCullough. It was not me. Okay, so it was with him. Yeah, so with William Ramsey, um, Deborah gets red-pilled, I think it was, and then some other podcasts. But So if you guys want to know more about Klaus Schwab and kind of the background of him, you guys can go listen to those shows. Uh, briefly, he was born in 1938 in Ravensburg, Germany. Um, his father was the owner of this this company out of Germany called Escher, Escher Wise. Okay, now, now this company here, um, they have major ties to the Nazis. They worked closely with the Nazi party and actually both sides of the war. They were creating things like generators and all these important things that they needed to have to, to run the machinery and all that stuff. And he was a, a self, he was considered a Nazi himself, um, Schwab's dad, which, like I said, if you guys ever want to get into Klaus Schwab's like background, you, his ideology is literally from, you know, Nazi ideology. So, Aside from that, though, he he's ended up taking over his dad's business, and he a couple big points is that he uh, helped uh, South Africa get the nukes, uh, get nukes in Australia. Also, he helped them get nuclear weapons because um, his company at the time ended up making or owning uh, this machine out of Switzerland, I believe it is, that um, made the the type of uh, petrol. I don't know what it is, petroleum. 
what is it, John, for nuclear weapons? Like you talk about uranium? Yeah, oh, uranium. That's yeah, you uranium. So, anyways, he helped uh, those countries get nuclear bombs. He actually got in trouble for it, but kind of got a slap on the wrist. Um, anyways, after he got out of the business, he ended up going to Harvard University and becoming. That's where he met Henry Kissinger. Henry and he Kissinger. met uh John Galbraith at Harvard, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, dude. And him and Henry Kissinger were like buddy buddies. They were they were super tight. And uh, that's never a good pair, right there, boys. <laughs> never. No, no. If your best friends with Henry Kissinger, you're a bad dude. That's for sure. So, anyways, I will give a little background about the World Economic Forum itself here. Uh, again, it was created in 1971 by Klaus Schwab. It's an international non-governmental organization for public-private sections, uh, sectors collaborating in an attempt to build a new world order, or as Klaus Schwab likes to say, a great reset. Uh, before I get into who Klaus Schwab is, and again, probably won't get into that on this episode, um, but hopefully we can do multiple parts to this because, dude, there's so much information. That he's just never going to get it in in one show. So maybe we could do um, a series or something on here for all the different layers. Yeah, so there's many layers and goals of the World Economic Forum. Allow me to read directly from their website as to, to what they state the World Economic Forum is. So I got a ton of quotes today, guys. So just bear with me because these are important, especially it's coming from the horse's mouth. So this isn't just some hearsay or conspiracy. Like they're, they're straight up telling you what they're all about. So it says the World Economic Forum is uh, chaired by founder Klaus Schwab. It is guided by a board of trustees, exceptional individuals who act as the guardians of its missions and values and, our, and overseers of the forum's work in promoting true global citizenship. So that's pretty much straight out there. Anybody got anything to say so far? Uh, global citizenship would be a big push yeah. uh, uh, as a kind of way of, of bringing down borders. Uh, which I think will make part of 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 the new world order. Um, so, you know, that definitely makes sense to me that the World Economic Forum, as Alice Bailey would say, the would be the forerunner, uh, or represent the uh, Black Lodge. Uh, it, that would be um, kind of setting the stage for uh, what it, what is to come later. Uh, when you mentioned Henry Kissinger, one last thing, Jeremy. Uh, he, uh, it was, um, Schwab, uh, John Galbraith, who I mentioned earlier, who was an, ec uh, economist, uh, and Henry Kissinger. Um, and, um, they met with, um, uh, major, uh, think tank founder and member of the Rand Corporation, um, uh, Herman Kahn, uh, who are they actually, um, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, based uh, Dr. Strangelove uh, off of Herman Kahn. Uh, and so it was Herman Kahn and uh, Klaus Schwab and Galbraith went to Europe to get funding for to set up the World Economic Forum from the European elite. And later, um, uh, um, you know, the, he, uh, Galbraith would actually be the first keynote speaker at the first meeting, like you mentioned, in 1971 uh, when it was founded. Um, now, Herman Kahn is um, uh, Klaus Schwab's mentor. He is the yep. guy who Klaus Schwab looks to as who uh, taught him um, and kind of initiated him um, into kind of like his worldview. And you're going to talk more and give like direct co co quotes 
of what um, Klaus Schwab believes. But that's the guy who, you know, Klaus Schwab, um, you know, says he's a guy I learned all of it from. And you don't hear a lot of truthers even mention Herman Kahn's name. In fact, a lot of the uh, uh, truthers that, you know, are not, you know, Christian, they're not born again, kind of like the theosophical side, they'll actually praise Herman Kahn because he was a big futurist. You know, there's mm -hmm. kind of like a war going on with technology, right, of transhumanism, right? And you have like the elites, and we'll talk more about it later. On one side, you can call it the light side. Alice Bailey would say the White Lodge, like Elon Musk, for example, with the Neuralink, which we all know is evil. I'm thinking I even might even be the mark or be the forerunner to the mark. But, you know, that's good. You know, when the World Economic Forum brings out transhumanism that bad, Elon Musk does it. It's good. You know, I'm putting good in quotation marks because none of us here thinks it's good. Okay, but that's kind of the 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 what they're setting up because Satan's going to give you two bad choices, right? You know, so you can have bad transhumanism or you can have light, good transhumanism. Okay, and that's definitely what they're setting us up for. Yeah, absolutely, and that and that futurist part of the whole equation is is super important, man, because uh, the World Economic Forum is very they are very straightforward on what they plan to do with mankind. And the overall agenda, aside from just building a new world order, is transhumanism. They want to they want to merge mankind with machines, and they're gonna go to great lengths to do that. And like I said, you, you'll hear it in their own words. But when you hear these people speak, and it sounds eloquent, and it sounds good, they make those who are kind of susceptible to to like those who aren't awake, you know what I mean? They they hear the, these proposals, man, and they and they eat it up. They want it. How great would it be to be a transhumanist and and you know get the acquire the technology to put in your own body to make yourself like a god and have godlike capabilities and to to be born blind and and get a chip and now you can see again, you know, like all these different things that they're gonna eat it up. It's not for the faint of heart when you get into this stuff. Because you'll realize, again, just how far they're going to go and want to go to achieve their goal. And if people really focused on that aspect of it, I think there would be rioting. I think that there would be an upheaval. There, there would be a fight back. But unfortunately, not enough people are paying attention to this type of thing. They're going to be caught off guard. But, um, Bo, do you have anything to say? Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of learning along with my... Uh, my listeners with this too, because, you know, I've heard Klaus Schwab. I've heard that name mentioned for probably, I don't know, close to 10 years now. Um, and this great reset that even, uh, I remember Hillary Clinton coming out there with that reset button. Right. And I think it was just kind of like just testing the waters, you know, to see what's going on. But, um, the more you can expand on what, what all this is going, what all's going on with this, it probably helped me and it helped my listeners too, because my show goes, we don't get a whole lot of opportunity to get into conspiracy other than, you know, I got a, a handful of flat earth episodes and stuff like that. But I I am all about this because there is a definite spiritual element that's going on here. Yes. Uh, one, just on the surface though, just looking at it, we have, there's over a hundred governments working with the world economic forum now. Right. And there's like a yeah. thousand partner companies. So they've pretty much got all their feelers already out there. Um, 
they got a pretty good grasp on this one world government, this uh, new world order kind of thing. But I was looking at, and I don't want to take, I don't want to take the show a whole different direction, but they've been working with CERN for uh, a long time too. I, I saw like five or six years ago, they did this big thing with CERN. Um, what What's that about? If you have any information or just, you know, top of the head knowledge on that. Uh, well, just, just by the surface, because I haven't really dug too deep on why they have a relationship with CERN, but I do know that most major um, companies and, you know, private and public sectors of, of, you know, like I said, there's layers. So there's like scientific, there's technology, there's media, you know, all these different uh, sects and layers that kind of make up society. The heads of each one of those layers work with the World Economic Forum. So okay. what they are. Yeah. So what they're actually trying to do with them, we don't know, but or I don't know, but we can just look at CERN themselves and, you know, they're claiming to open portals. They also have their, you know, they, they have their uh, whole facility built on top of Apollo's temple. Like, you know, that there is and they have Sheba, uh, the goddess of destruction, you know, posted up outside their facility, too. You know that there is a spiritual element to that side of things, too. I mean, right. not only that, but. I, I, I personally think that CERN is going to try to open up the abyss at some point. Yeah, I I, yeah. I, I could see that, man. And yeah, it's kind of sad. I was looking through, you were talking about the, the World Economic Forum, and they put a theme on each year. And I think that's kind of mm -hmm. creepy in it in itself. Like last year, 2023, was the cooperation in a fragmented world. You know, so that so they're already trying to tell you that this world, you know, it's broken up, it, it's in it's layered. You know, and then this year, it says that it's climate and nature, a systemic response is needed. And we see how they kicked off this year uh, with that weird ceremony. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to interrupt, man. You just keep going, and I'll, I'll hop in as I can. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a good point, because not only does CERN, you know, push that, uh, you know, climate change and, you know, that whole scandal, like that is almost that is probably the biggest catalyst for the World Economic Forum. They push so heavily on uh, climate change and global warming. It, it's wild, bro. Like that's that's their catalyst. That, that is their fear tactic to get everybody to be on board with uh, all their goals and their agendas. Because if mankind doesn't change, the world is going to be destroyed. So that that's that's what they push more than anything as their number one fear factor is climate change. So uh, besides, you know, like I said, all the stuff they want to do with transhumanism, but that goes into it because if mankind can be manipulated and um, be re-engineered to create less carbon in some way, I don't know, maybe by being like a machine, you know, instead of mostly human where, you know, everything we do creates carbon, you know, breathing, farting, whatever, you know what I mean? We create carbon and they want to eliminate the carbon footprint. So if they can merge us with machines, they can get that. They they think in their mind that they can get that carbon footprint close to zero. And in their eyes, they're doing it. Well, for what they're telling the public, they're doing it for uh, the world, for Mother Nature. You know what I mean? To save the planet. And that's why they want to go in this super heavy direction to change mankind in, into machines, basically. Yeah. It's there, wild. Was a, there was a push before to change mankind, right? In the days oh, yeah. of Noah. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're looking at it. Yeah, as we go along here, Bo, you'll see the connections between what they were doing back in the days of Noah. You know, um, 
messing with the DNA, DNA of mankind and um, animals, right? Dude, you're going to hear some quotes where that's exactly what they're telling you they're going to do here with the World Economic Forum. Interesting. It's like a complete side-by-side to the days of Noah, dude. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'll keep going here. So uh, the mission is what uh, Klaus Schwab, Schwab calls the Great Reset, okay? Now, within the Great Reset, it entails what is called the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And the Fourth Industrial Revolution, according to the website, is as follows. The Third Industrial Revolution uses uh, electronics and information technology to automate production. Now, a Fourth Industrial Revolution is building on the Third. And it goes on to say the digital revolution that has been uh, occurring since the middle of the last century. It is characterized by a fusion of technologies that is blurring the lines between physical, digital, digital, and biological spheres. They want to merge man and machines and inter- interconnect us all to a global internet of things. And uh, probably won't be able to get that get into that uh, in this episode, but the internet of things is, again, one of the layers to the World Economic Forum, the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and the Great Reset. So it's, it's another major part. I don't know if we'll get there, but we'll, we'll try. Um, before I get into the Internet of Things, I'd like to just quote from, do a couple more quotes because, again, their quotes, it is all from their website and Klaus Schwab's book called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Um, and, and it's telling. They pretty much tell you everything that you need to know, <laughs> like, point blank. So, um, all right, so... If anybody doesn't know, though, real quickly, if you don't know what the Industrial Revolutions are, I just I have a brief breakdown of the first, second, third and fourth. OK, just so people understand, like what the fourth what what the Industrial Revolution itself is. So the first one started in 19, uh, 1784 with steam, water, mechanical production, equipment. The second Industrial Revolution started in like 1870. It's division of labor, electricity, mass production. And then the third, I guess, technically started in 1969 with uh, electronics, uh, IT, and automated production. And then on the website, it says that the fourth one, they put a question mark on the date to this, but they said, as like a brief breakdown, that it's the cyber physical systems, just just cyber physical systems. Like if you just sit upon, like think about that for a minute, that's crazy. That is. Yeah. Cyber physical systems. So Klaus Schwab states, he says the possibilities of billions of people connected by mobile devices with unprecedented, unprecedented processing power, storage capacity and access to knowledge are unlimited. And the possibilities will be multiplied by emerging technology breakthroughs in the fields such as artificial intelligence, robotics, the Internet of Things, autonomous vehicles. 3D printing, nanotechnology, biotechnology, material science, energy storage, and quantum computing. He goes on to say that already AI is as is all around us. Impressive progress in IT or AI, sorry, has been made in the in recent years, driven by exponential increase in computing power and by the availab- availability of vast amounts of data. From software used to discover new drugs to algorithms used to predict our cultural interests. Digital fabrication technologies, meanwhile, are interacting with the biological world on a daily basis 
engineers, designers, and architects are combining computational design, additive manufacturing, material engineering, and synthetic biology to pioneer a symbiosis between microorganisms and our bodies. Again, that's crazy. <laughs> so then he says the, pro the, the products we consume and even the buildings we inhabit will be connected. Wow. But yeah, it's deep, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's too deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's oh. crazy, dude. And I know this is going to be heavy for some people, especially if they're not, you know, they they focus more on the paranormal or, you know, yeah. no, or whatever. This is good, um, this, this is good. Yes, people, need good to, to know. people need to have their eyes open. You know, people need to be awake and aware. I've, I've right. been a truther since like 2008. I was in the Air Force, and uh, they would pull me up in the, you know, the shop chief's office, and we would sit up there, and we would just dish on you know what really happened here, what really happened there, and false flags and all this stuff, man. And I've been all in ever since, but I I never really went down this economic forum route because I kind of went through like a black pill moment. You know what I mean? I was like, I had to separate myself from that part of reality for a little while. But I still like to keep my ear to the ground, you know. So this this does me a world of good to hear all this, you know, this side of it to to help me keep me up to snuff. But I think uh, I think all audiences need to hear it, and people are more they're we're in a better position to accept this stuff now because right. of this last three or four years, people have it's seen so just how how fast and how far things can go. Right. You know, it's it's funny because I've never heard of the world. I've been a truther for a long time, over a decade, and I haven't. I never heard of the World Economic Forum or the name of Klaus Schwab until COVID nineteen. Yeah, until that happened, it's almost like he was a ghost in my paradigm. You know what I mean? It was, it's weird. But then when I started hearing about him and connecting these dots and getting into all the research, I'm like, oh my gosh, dude! Like. Everybody needs to focus on this dude in this organization because they are like the mechanical hand to coming biblical prophecy, in my opinion. Well, you know, you say this, the, the, it, I don't believe in coincidence, but you take the term great reset, right? Reset. Set was an ancient serpent God. Right? Yes. Uh, yep. and so it is just to bring back set. It's just, I don't know, man. There, there's so many things. I, I know we don't need to do wordplay on here to make a point because their website sounds like they're telling you the point. Yeah, you guys should dig around on their website because it is, it's unbelievable how open they are about everything. And you're right, man. I've heard that before. Like the whole great reset thing. I think it was like raw and set. Yeah, man. And the, the connection between those two gods and like what they're, what they represent and what they're about and, and trying to bring that back into re to our time. And it's deep, man. Like, it's deep because when you get into, like, who Set is, who Raw is, what, you know, what they represented, like I said, like, the the, the practices of ritual surrounding them, uh, what they're the gods of, it, it connects directly into their plan, just in a more modern sense, I think. All right, so I'm going to get into this dude. His name is uh, Yubal Noah Harari. Just a little background on this guy. John, do you know about him? Yes, uh, but you but go ahead. You go first, and I'll discuss more about him. But yes, I do. Okay, so you you will know Harari is uh, the advisor to Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum. This is like Klaus Schwab's right hand man. Okay, he's a he's a very open homosexual. 
he is a he's a humanist. He's a, he's humanist thank you. Sorry, I didn't he believes in human potential. The humans yes, can uh, uh, solve the issues uh, of our day, which the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab, you would say, would be Malthusian in that they're kind of like we have to curtail, curtail the population. We have to, uh, you know, do that to, to fight against climate change, um, where Yuval Noah Harari is kind of in the middle and that he kind of um, – puts forth an anti-Malthusian to some degree uh, um, uh, structure that kind of like very similar to Elon Musk, that human beings um, through human potential can solve all the problems of society. Yeah. He's, he's a, he, he kind of flip flops on what he says too. He's a, he's he goes back and forth. Like, he'll warn he goes you, back and forth. Like this is dangerous. And then he'll be like, this is what we need to do. On the same subject, so he go he does go back and forth. He, he flip flops, but this guy he's he's a he's a world renowned historian. Okay, but he's he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in God. He pushes evolution hardcore, and so with that whole evolution aspect, he believes that he can help mankind um, evolve into well. He states into gods. Okay, he which is anti Malthusian. It's pushing of human potential, right? And and it gets deep, so I want to share some quotes from him because um, to, to me, this guy's more devious than Klaus Schwab is. Not gonna lie, like he's he's something else, man. And he's got a lot of influence, and he's one of those guys that are just so open about uh, the plans that he's not even ashamed at all to say what they're gonna do when they're gonna do it, you know. So um, let me grab a quote from a couple quotes from him real quick. One of them's very long, but dude, it's it's it'll blow your mind. So. Okay, so he writes, humans are on the verge of merging with machines. Humans and machines might merge so completely that humans will not be able to survive at all if they are disconnected from the network. Humans are now hackable animals. The whole idea that humans have this soul or spirit and nobody knows what's happening inside of them and that they have free will, that is over. Today, we have the technology to hack humans on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It is often said you should never let a good crisis go to waste because a crisis is an, an important an opportunity to also do good reform, reforms that in normal times people would never agree to. But in a crisis, you see that we have no chance, so let's do it. So, yeah, and then he continues and says, um, he said this out loud. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I think it was on CNN was the uh, CNN aired it. OK, I don't know if that was where the first one. Yeah, dude, he's so open about it. It's crazy. And nobody's like freaking out. Like I don't mean to like, you know, spirit of fear. I just mean like nobody's shocked at what he's right. saying, you know? Yeah. Nobody slapped a muzzle on this guy yet. Like... Right. Yeah. See, that's the thing, too, is like you hear a lot of times that if somebody talks too much about something, you know, they get they get swiped. You know, that they get out. Yeah. Somebody takes them out. But right. these guys, nobody takes them out. They know that they're at the top of the food chain. Well, and with these they, rituals, man, they have to tell you what they're doing, right? Yes, that's what I do. That's that's one of the things that I was going to mention, too, is this. Most of this stuff seems like revelation of the method. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
and in their minds, like they have to tell you because since they did and nobody does anything about it, then they're not the ones responsible for what's going to happen. Yeah. Continue with some of his crazy quotes real quick. Just All right. So he goes and says, uh, people could look back 100 years and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the mo- uh, moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin. Which I think is maybe the most of, uh, which is the most development of the 21st century, which is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it, and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re engineer the future itself. Because once you hack something, you can usually also re-engineer it. In the coming decades, AI and biotechnology will give us godlike abilities to re-engineer life and create completely new life forms. We are about to enter a new era of inorganic life shaped by intelligent design. Our intelligent design. He wants to be God. Yep. They want to be God, man. That's what it really all boils down to. All right. So, what's yeah, you guys can see Yuval Noah Harari. All right. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. All right. So, now that we got that all layered down, this is all going to be uh, kind of um, complementing everything that we've heard so far. And this is where I'm going to get into the six categories um, to this fourth industrial revolution. So these are the six major categories that make up what they want to do. And within these categories, they have like bullet points. Okay. And you're going to see uh, these bullet points are basically like, um, you know, there'll be like ethics and identity. Okay. But under there, under that is you're going to see these, um, I guess you could say businesses or I guess these businesses will work. You'll see these businesses and these sectors of businesses that they're going to work with to achieve this, uh, this goal. Okay, so number one, for example, says fusing technologies. And you guys heard a little bit about this before. And again, you're going to hear some of the same the same things like uh, quantum computing, for example, can be in multiple different uh, categories. Okay, so it's just they're going to they're going to repeat it just to let you know that that's what they're going to use to achieve whatever the category is. So the first one is fusing technologies. These are the lists of technologies that are fusing together to create this transhuman agenda in the Great Reset. Okay, so the first one would be biotech. And this, again, is under fusing technologies. So they want to fuse biotech, virtual reality, augmented reality, quantum computing, advanced materials like 3D printing, uh, neuroscience, AI, and blockchain. Okay, And again, this isn't just me being like, hey, this is what I figured out. This is on their website. Number two out of the six categories, ethics and identity. So they want to use biotech, behavior science, human, uh, digital identity, values, human enchantment, COVID-19. Why would COVID-19 be other, under you know ethics and identity? And why would that hey. be a business? Hey. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. they straight up tell you. It's crazy. But yeah, why would COVID-19 be an industry within these categories? Uh, side note, by the way, Jeffrey Epstein financed a lot of biotech and behavior science uh, sure. institutions. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right, so number three is agile technology governance. They want to fuse 5G, global governance, blockchain, 
and the Internet of Things. Again, on their website. All right. Number four, inequality, gender parity, taxation, and mental health. They want industries within those three points to fix inequality. <laughs> they need help, dude. This is this is all nuts. All right. So number five is business disrupting. And and when I when I hear that and when I see that business disruption, I think that when you hear these points, I feel like creating business disruption should be what it's titled. Okay. So under business disruption, they want want to work with the industries like the Great Reset, which is considered an industry according to the World Economic Forum, 3D printing, COVID-19, and robotics. All right. And number six, security and conflict. Drones, space, AI industries, geopolitics, and neuroscience. Okay. And one thing about the drone part that's interesting is DJI, which is the largest drone manufacturing company in the world, is a partner of the World Economic Forum. And if you didn't know, the tech side of the World Economic Forum agenda is run by Isabel Maxwell, which is the sister of Ghislaine Maxwell, whose father was a Mossad spy, basically, intelligence agent. <laughs> it's all connected. Of course. All right. Yeah, man, it's crazy. So I'm going to get back into Klaus Schwab a little bit because, again, he wrote a book called COVID-19 and the Great Reset. And what's wild is he wrote this back in, I think it dropped July 9th of 2020, literally like six months after COVID started. You know how long it takes to write a book? Yeah, I've been working on it for five years. <laughs> there you go, dude. Yeah. Like, and it entails everything that already that happened during this time from the beginning yeah. to the end. Okay, like it's obviously planned. So in his book, he's got some fascinating quotes, that's for sure. All right, so Klaus Schwab wrote a book called COVID nineteen and the Great Reset. This was again, this is all clearly planned well in advance. If you could write a book about it and drop it three months into COVID, um. Nobody ever heard of COVID-19 before COVID actually started. So, you know, that, that that's a, tells a lot. Uh, in this book, he talks about COVID-19 and implementing the Great Reset and Fourth Industrial Revolution. Here's one of the quotes from his book. He writes, in fact, the science is progressing so fast that the limitations are less technical than they are legal, regulatory, and ethnical. All right. So he straight up tells you, like, we're already there with the science. We can do. We have some loopholes like legality and ethics, you know? John, do you remember the quote that said, uh, maybe it was Henry Kissinger, where he talks about, if it's illegal, we do it immediately. If it's unconstitutional, it takes a little longer. I don't remember. I'm pretty I mean, sure it was Henry Kissinger. Yeah. I'm going to continue while you look for that. But uh, the list of potential applications is virtually endless, ranging from the ability to modify animals so that they can be raised on a diet that is more economical. Wow. Now, when he says that, let's not forget, no, Yuval Noah Harari just said that we were hackable animals. Right, yeah, we're the animals, yeah. We are the animals they're talking about, exactly. Another thing that was just too big to put in my notes is they have a sustainable development um, diet plan written by the World Economic Forum, okay? And they talk about how they want to basically make meat a commodity and us to eat bugs. Right. They, they have this whole thing about it. Yeah, and then it's not yeah, it was joke. Kissinger. It was, yeah, yeah, yes. they were best friends. So. But yeah, that's that's what I think when he writes, uh, you know, ability to modify animals so that they can be 
on a diet more economical, I think that the, the animals he's talking about is definitely us. Yeah. And the diet is crickets and mealworms like the rest of the reptilians. Yeah. yeah. Right. And if you're, if you're lucky once a year, if you have a couple thousand dollars, you can have a piece of steak. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see. So let's continue with some of his quotes. He says, synthetic biology is the next step. It will provide us with the ability to customize organisms by rewriting DNA. Setting aside the profound ethical concerns it raises, the advances will not only have a profound and immediate impact on medicine, but also on agriculture and the production of biofuels. Yeah, let's just forget about the the, the ethics part. You know what I mean? Let's just set that aside and think about all the good it can do. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like wow. And you guys to stop me at any point if you have anything to say, but um okay. Let me ask you this, Jeremy. Do you think that what the World Economic Forum is doing and how most of the alternative media is heavily covering the World Economic Forum now? Uh and Tucker Carlson who lost his show on Fox News, but is now on X where he reaches, you know, tens of millions and millions of people now see his show. Right. Um, do you think that the World Economic Forum is being used uh, by the elite and being exposed? Um, do you think there's like a, a purpose behind that? Um you know, you had Trump, you know, they claimed stick it to Klaus Schwab when he visited the World Economic Forum. But yeah, you know, he did you a speech see, at Davos. Yeah, but you I've I've covered that speech. They're very buddy buddy with each other. Yes, you know? yes. And he's he's considered, even though he's not considered a member on their website, he's considered a world economic um agenda contributor. And Ivanka Trump is a young global leader. And she yes, hasn't had she, that. He graduated in, from the class. Mm-hmm. And she had her her that on her on her uh, White House profile that she was one, um, and then you have Javier Malay going to the World Economic Forum, the Argentinian Trump, right, who's a member of Chabad Lubavitch, um, yep. the uh, you know uh, Jewish supremacist cult, right, and he actually went to visit the Rebbe, you know Rebbe's grave, you know who they think you know many people within Chabad think that you know the Rebbe's going to punch through the glass that he's preserved under and be the Messiah. You know, they, they, they worship him, you know, so he actually went to visit uh, the gravesite of the Rebbe uh, in, in New York, in Brooklyn Heights um, and to Chabad World Headquarters. And uh, and so, you know, he's at the World Economic Forum and he's like, you know, calling out, you know, Klaus Schwab and and and, and uh, socialism and communitarianism. You know, he's like calling it out to their faces. Right. You know, uh, so Javier Malay has to be our guy. Right. Um, And the thing is, is, you know, I I believe that, you know, the heartlet mentioned in the book of uh, of Revelation could be the current world order, you know, the Masonic uh, Jesuit, you know, uh, Zionist world order. Um, And so, like, you know, Javier Malay is like calling out like all the issues with that side, kind of like the communist capitalist dialectic. Right. You know. Uh, where in America, um, we live in a crony capitalist system, you know, where the, the wealth and, and, and the rich uh, prosper, uh, you know, almost, you know, to no end here on earth. Uh, and a lot is because they serve Satan and, and they're wicked as well, too, uh, as we know from a biblical framework. Um, but uh, and so, you know, Javier Malay kind of represents this libertarianism, libertinism is the fir- world's first libertarian president. 
uh, that, uh, you know, that he's going to save the Argentinian people uh, and he's going to, you know, help usher in kind of like this, you know, pro-libertarian, pro-libertine, you know, uh, what they call uh, techno-optimism, like the good, the good side of transhumanism. You know, they're kind. He's kind of like ushering that in, and there's a lot of people in the alternative media. They're like praising him, right? Like he's sticking right. it to to Klaus Schwab and Davos and the World Economic Forum, uh, when in reality, you know, he's externally externalizing the hierarchy, as Alice Bailey said, which he says it starts in 2025, right? And he's showing how wicked the World Economic Forum is, but like what he's suggesting that to replace it with, you could argue, was worse. You know, so do you see like the World Economic Forum is kind of being like, as Alice Bailey said, to be like the forerunner um, where, you know, it's it's wicked. We're living through the Great Reset. It's hurting everybody. You know, people are being woken up. But what are they being woken up to? You know, I mean, some by the grace of God through podcasts, you know, like ours, where, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, they're, you know, they're coming to the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. But. Christianity, when it comes to alternative media, is dwindling in numbers compared to what it was even 20 years ago. So, you know, is that by design? You know, you have the great reset to the great awakening, right? It's a false, you know, Luciferian great awakening. They're not, you know, many aren't sadly becoming, you know, awakened, you know, to, to the truth, which is Jesus. They're coming awakened to how bad things really are. You know, is you know, kind of like uh, you know, Satan is the prince of the earth, right? You know, and ultimately God is in control, but that's what they're kind of you know, they're they're you know, they're a lot of people are you know discussing the World Economic Forum where a few years ago they wouldn't, and they wouldn't be talking about the Bilderberg Group or any of these things. If you even mentioned any of this, you would be called a right. fool, right? But now people are talking about it. Yeah. So so, like I said, I don't think anybody even heard of the World Economic Forum until COVID nineteen even hit. Exactly. You know, and one of the things about the World Economic Forum that makes it kind of unique and special is they have a two to three thousand world business leaders and religious uh, top religious folks and uh, media personnel, every sector of society. OK, everything that all the layers that make up society in our world, they go the top leaders of those go to the World Economic Forum every year. OK, but the thing about the World Economic Forum is. You don't have to be a member of just the World Economic Forum. A lot of them are in the Club of Rome. They are in uh, the United Nations. They're a part of um, other secret societies. And it's like they come together at this place as a conglomerate, right, to be like, hey, guys, we're all on the same page here. Let's do this. We have the availability to change mankind. And it's like you've never seen something like this before, though. You've never seen such a think tank come together, be so widespread and open about what they're trying to do. And all it can make me think of is they're trying to condition everybody. And maybe they're being a little pre, um, maybe they're moving a little too fast. Like, I, I don't think COVID-19 really worked out the way they wanted it to. But they're trying to move forward with this no matter what. And they're open about their agendas. They're open about, um, you know, using chaos to establish order okay and this kind of gets me into and i'm sorry if i didn't answer your question but this actually gets me into something else because klaus schwab as i said in his book he, he wrote about using covid19 as a catalyst to the great reset okay and to implement all these agendas and plans well 
as you're going to hear in a second here, they are planning on another catastrophe. Hmm. They're planning on something different that's much worse than COVID. And in my opinion, given the recent movies that dropped and the popularity of them and what they've been kind of like promoting for maybe the last year or so, it, it might be a cyber attack. It might be a cyber attack that destroys this current world order in order to have that reset. And they're putting all the people in place to make that happen, to establish that so that they can rise out of the ashes with this new world order. You've got to destroy the old before you can have something new, right? And they're not going to come and do it like Hitler did with the gun to the back of your head. That's not the, how they're going to do it. That didn't work. What they're going to do is so much more subtle and complex and they have all the people in the right positions to make that happen so klaus goes on and says and i quote uh we want to intrude your thoughts read your minds and influence your behavior he states how this technology would allow them to do brain scans before crossing a border to see how much a security risk you are uh like if you were to go to a different country um it would allow law enforcement and courts to retrieve memories from people's minds to access the likelihood of criminal activity, um, like the Minority Report. It said, he says, implantable microchips, think about Elon Musk there, implantable memories, physical body monitoring by implantable devices. I'm sure that those implantable devices is not for the sake of your health, but to track your carbon footprint, like I said earlier. I think that's that's one of their main goals because we won't get into it tonight, but climate change is like their scare tactic. That is the number one scare tactic that they use to get people on board with this. Okay, And having a zero carbon footprint is like very important to them. And you can't really do that unless you're dead or somehow change your whole body structure you know what i mean or limit it to the most you can but again you'd have to be monitored in every aspect in order to make sure that person is not producing a certain amount of carbon okay and, and like what would happen if you have all these devices in you and you do go cross, you know you cross that threshold where you had a little too much could they just disconnect you from the network and if they did would you die you know as you will know about harari stated so and i'm not i just want to let everybody know i'm not saying they're going to reach every single agenda on you know that they have like it's gonna come to that point but i am saying they are trying and they will but, try but to circle back to what i asked you earlier what if they are the forerunner in that all of this like they're bringing the technology out front for whoever replaces them like the famous you know who lyric you know new boss same as the old boss right so what if they're you know bringing forth this technology to be used but it won't be used in the manner of what they're saying it's going to be used for. Like it's going to be used for an evil. I would argue only on Christians. It's going to be used by the Antichrist and the beast system, but it's not going to be for, you know, carbon footprint. Like they're saying, like they're like, they're like that. Cause that's through externalization of the hierarchy. Right. So the world economic forum represents the black lodge. And I'm going to discuss later what replaces it, which is the world future society. Something that's been around longer actually um but very few people actually know what it is um you know it's kind of like you know it, it reminds me of when they kind of get people to accept technology right or to accept an event they put forth the worst possible outcome and then people get mad right and then they kind of withdraw that and they're like oh okay no no no, no we didn't mean that 
but instead we mean this. You know, one of the prime example would be like for taxes, you know, $500 or even less, you know, if you send somebody on Venmo or PayPal or whatever, you have to report that, right? So people got really mad about that. So then they're like, okay, well, we'll make it, you know, 5000 or 10000 or we'll draw it back to how it was, but we'll do it later, you know? So are they doing that with the World Economic Forum is that everybody's becoming initiated and they're pointing, I mean, Klaus Schwab literally looks like Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. Palpatine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he literally, you know, is made to make this stereotypical Hollywood villain, right? So the World Economic, you know, the World Economic Forum, I believe, will be destroyed. I believe Klaus Schwab will be put on trial. Okay. So if that happens, and the good guys won, right? So that's at least where I see it is we're living through the Great Reset right now. We're living through it. And eventually the harlot will devour the beast. So that yeah, technology yeah. and the things they're talking about will be, you know, transferred over into the coming beast system, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I see where you're going with that. And that, that's funny because I think like, you know, as if you want to use Alice Bailey or yeah, Alice Bailey's words, whether it's a black lodge, white lodge or masonry with white hats and black hats type of thing. It's like in general, they both have the same exact angle. They just go about it two different ways. Yep. You know, so I think that they have both and they know this. They already know this. So they have people inside who are black hats or white hats, you know, quote unquote, or from the black lodge and white lodge. And I feel like it's whoever is either elected, accepted or running the show at the time, because, you know, that right now they always start off when they produce, uh, you know, give you new information or technology or whatever you know they always promote it as good no one's going to take it if they promote it as bad but when it actually gets accepted is when like you said they go well well actually this is what it's going to be for well we, we we put a we put a uh device in your body so that it can release uh medication at a certain time every single day you'll never overdose you don't have to remember to take them it'll do it automatically but this chip also is that we could just switch a button and you'll die if you eat too much carb or eat too much meat or something like that. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? They hardly ever present the bad. They just promote, they, they, they go and they promote the good so that the populace will take it. But and usually in the end, it is bad, especially for mankind because our hearts are wicked. Like we could mm -hmm. use a lot of this stuff for good. We could, but it doesn't, it never ends up happening that way. And in the end, it's always ends up becoming bad, essentially. Yeah. Not every single thing in the world, but you know what I mean? No, I know you're right. Um, and, you know, we again, it could be they're fear mongering for the greatest effect. So when the pendulum swings back to the White Hats defeating, the, you know, again, it's like right now the current world order is like the normal caricature of Satan with like the red skin and the hooves and the horns. Right. You know, but as the Bible, we know that Satan has the ability to appear as an angel of light. Right which is what the Great Awakening will represent, uh, which why many people will end up falling for it uh, and allying themselves with the beast system and the Antichrist and sadly taking the mark uh, is because, you know, the Antichrist is going to appear to be a savior. You know, he's not the savior. Jesus Christ is the savior, but the Antichrist is going, appear, is going to appear to be a savior. And so it's like that's, you know, people are going to be like, well, the Great Reset's so horrible. 
and it is. I mean, we have we, we're not even completely through it yet. We don't know how bad it's truly going to get, you know. And you know, what replaces it, the world is going to be ecstatic about. And I believe that you know, to take the mark, you know, we're told through conspiracy culture that it's going to be a totalitarian B system, and I will think it is for for, for those who are born again Christians, right? Those who refuse the Antichrist and refuse to take the mark. But right. for those who it is not, I, I believe that they will, you know, get access to like the hidden technologies and the free energy. And, and whether it's true or not, you know, whether or not it reaches that point, they'll be promised that. They're already promised that if you listen to Alex Jones, yeah. you know. And so that that's, you know, th that's what they're setting up for is you have the bad transhumanism with the World Economic Forum. But with the World Future Society's transhumanism, Elon Musk, for example, oh, that's good. Anybody who has, you know, half a brain should say Musk is not a good dude and the Neuralink isn't good, especially when it killed a majority of the monkeys that it was put in. Yeah, it's just I'm promoted as good. Yes. And so he comes out and he's going to call it telepathy. You know, he's going to say, oh, well, we can, you know, when you die, we can you know, insert your consciousness into the cloud and reboot you into a another humanoid or, or Android or whatever. And that's how you survive like the Chris Terminator apocalypse, you know? And it's like, this is, this is ridiculous. This, but again, you know, to go back, I, I guess to talk about the world future society for a moment, it was founded in, in 1961 by Edward Cornish, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who's a huge futurist. I've written a lot about and talked a lot about her, my sub stack, uh, John Kleizak wrote some really good articles about her. I'm not going to really go into her too much here. Um, but, um, you know, there were major futurists and elitists that helped form the World Future Society, including someone I've written about from the Finders cult, Marion Petty. Uh, and so anyway, um, you know, uh, Herman Kahn, who I mentioned earlier, was um, uh, Klaus Schwab's mentor. Um, he was one of the main members of the World Future Society from its earliest inception. Um, and um, and so the World Future Society, um, Bo, how how um, did you enjoy watching science fiction as a as a kid at all growing up? Were you interested in Star Trek or or like you know any of Stanley Kubrick's movies? I, I watched a little bit. Uh, I was more into. Uh, I was more of like sword and sorcery than I was science fiction. Okay, so most of your science fiction writers in the modern era were all world, world future society members, and they they kind of morph our society, even from a global standpoint, of what the future would look like. Okay, whether it's Ray Bradbury uh, from Fahrenheit four fifty one. Uh, who you think he's talking about technology being bad. If you actually read the book and it's kind of open-ending, it's like, nah, actually, we could use it in a utopian society once the White Hats take control. Okay, so never forget that part. All right. And so you also have Stanley Kubrick, who was a World Future Society member. Uh, Isaac Asimov was a World Future Society member. Gene Roddenberry, the, the creator of Star Trek, was a World Future Society member. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a World Future Society member. Okay, so uh, so was uh, Frank Herbert of Dune. So was um, uh, uh, Star Starship Troopers. Um, Heinlein, Robert Heinlein. Um, so most of our science fiction, okay, and most of the way that we look at the world, all right, 
was put forth by the World Future Society in scientism and secularism and in their anti-Malthusian. They believe that humanity through, as Barbara Hubbard say, is conscious evolution, which is very close to Yuval Noah Harari's belief that you mentioned earlier, Jeremy. Okay. And that man can consciously evolve into homo universalis and see the stars. Okay. And so I believe that the World Future Society will be the beast systems version of the World Economic Forum. It'll be positive transhumanism, techno-optimism. Okay. You also see with the World Economic Forum, something you mentioned earlier, Bo, was CERN. The only thing that I've noticed I've been able to see between that is CERN, NASA, never a straight answer, and the World Economic Forum are coming together for scientific disclosure. Okay, that's very big. You see uh, within the World Economic Forum, the World Future Society, and even in alternative media groups and researchers, it's kind of like open disclosure, open source investigations, which I'm not necessarily saying in and of themselves they're bad. But they're kind of put forth this kind of like transparency, which we know it's false transparency, but they're at least trying to. to, to and they're also trying to um, harvest the minds of people to see, well, what can they solve? What can they figure out? You know, because the our brains, which God gave us, you know, as far as its ability to solve logical problems is far better than any computer capability can ever be. Okay, like it's 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 almost a miracle just how our brain works. Right. Okay. And we still haven't figured it out completely and we never will. Okay. And so, you know, and so you know, the World Future Society they're trying to sell they're saying, "Oh, look at the World Economic Forum and their version of transhumanism. That's bad." You know, like especially when you're talking about pushing like transgenderism and and the surgeries, you know, for that, right? That seems to be very pushed by that side of the world order but then again you know the the world future society side is yeah they're saying uh, you know they won't mention that but to talk about augmenting your body with technology and and becoming a uh uh, uh kind of like a, a um, cyborg a cyborg yes cyborg that was what i was looking for bo yes so they, so so i mean what does that lead you know if they're, they're, if they're both saying if, the same thing yeah, if they're, they're libertine, if, if they're libertine, then you know they wouldn't be. You know, like as 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 Tucker Carlson said, why are you so up, up up in arms about gay marriage? We've already we've already we've already uh we've already uh came to terms with that as a society. The real right. issue is them forcing our kids in the transgender movement. It's like no 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 Romans one. You know, like homosexuality is a sin. Okay, so we haven't just left that behind, Tucker. Okay, it's still a problem. Okay. So, I mean, that, that's what they're trying to say is, is they won't come out and tell you that tran the transgender agenda is a part of their agenda. But it most certainly is. It most certainly is. And it's through augmentation and, and becoming cyborgs. You know, and they're pushing, I guess one last final thing I'll say is, is World Future Society as anti-Mafusian, and you'll see it through the writings of Herman Kahn, you'll see it through Elon Musk, is natalism. Okay? They want you to have more babies. And they claim to be anti-abortion. Javier Malay claims to be anti-abortion, okay? But it's not It's not because they, they love life. It's not because they honor life and it's God that has given us life, okay? It's because they need guinea pigs. That's what COVID-19 was about. That's what the pandemic was about. That's what Operation Warp Speed with the Anna Karana inside of it, you know, the awakening of man. Alice Bailey wrote about it, okay? 
and Operation Tiberius Kirk, there we have a reference to uh, uh, Star Trek, you know, where Palantir was collecting all this health data of anybody who took the jab or anybody who tested positive for COVID-19. They literally took your past, present, and future health data, all of it. They claimed they anonymized it, but yeah. did they? Okay. Who owns Palantir? Uh, Peter Thiel. He's a World Economic War member. Exactly. And so you have them... Um, you know, getting all this data for experiments. They're running a mass experiment through the mRNA and through the viral vector DNA. You know, I don't know for what end, but it was mass experimentalism. They want to keep you alive because we're here about population control, population control, population control. It's just Malthusianism. The World Economic Forum is very big on that. But the World Future Society is natalist. They're anti-Malthusian. They want to keep you alive so that they can experiment on you. They want to keep you alive so they can use mRNA. They want to keep you alive so they can put brain chips in you. They want to keep you alive so they can augment their body. They want to see what works so they can live forever. Right. Okay? And they need as many people as they can to get as much data as they can. Okay? Right. And see that, again, you know, you have everybody harping on world economic form and population control. But, you know, literally Elon Musk is telling you that this is what he's doing. And nobody cares. Have right. babies, not because God commanded us to, but have babies for guinea pigs and have babies because we got to save the world and have babies because we got to go to the moon and to the planets and to the star systems. Okay? It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. that That's deep, dude. That's deep. But the, I guess one of the points that I've, that, well, that I see personally is that there's, the the views of the uh, world future society future society there's a lot of those mixed in within the world economic forum and that's why i'm saying that both sides are there so that whatever one is a better outcome is the one they'll use they already have both sides set up does that make sense yes even though i think they're going to go with the world future society but i understand what you're saying um, yeah right and i believe it plays in how the bible says the beast devours the harlot right so right now the World Future Society is, you know, using the World Economic Forum for the technology, for the platform, for all of these things, right? You know, it's, it's using push. it to get these things, you know, put into place for them to go, well, they're bad, but when we use it, it's good. Techno-optimism, baby, that's right. Yeah, it all sounds terrible. <laughs> Either side sounds absolutely terrible. Like, no, thank you, dude. I'm not signing up for any of this. Like Klaus Schwab goes and says about like I mentioned all the body um, implants and that you and this and that, and he goes on to say that uh, the reason these implantable devices it is for knowing free sickness, auto release of medication, and remote vaccine updates. Remote vaccine updates. Vaccines. Yeah. If you go into the world World Economic Forum, type in vaccines. There's like hundreds of articles, and they push vaccines to the max. Like vaccines are one of the biggest things they push. And it's because of all the new technology that they're putting in these new vaccines, the graph, the graphing, the uh, mRNA and all these different things, because they're going to somehow try to hook it up to the Internet of things. And it's going to become a part of your little cyborg body. It's wild. It's it's just wild. But he goes on to say that we do not know yet how it will all unfold. But one thing is clear. The response to it must be integrated and comprehensive, involving all stakeholders of the global po polity. 
um, from the public and private sectors to academia and into civil society. It will change not only what we do, but also who we are. It will affect our identity and all the issues associated with it, our sense of privacy, our notions of ownership, our consumption patterns, the time we devote to work and leisure, and how we develop our careers and cultivate our skills, how we meet people and nurture relationships. So they literally want to do whatever they can to monitor all these things. They There was a quote that straight up said that um, they want to be able to change your behavior. And I think I have that here. They want to change your behavior like on purpose. Like they want to be able to influence everything you do. They want to be able to influence your thoughts and everything. And then they want to know to be able to predict everything about you. That doesn't sound very utopian to me, boys. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, I don't really know who would be so out of their mind that they'd be down for all that. I'm going to go back real quick to how – all right, so I guess I'll talk about Event 201. Do you know what Event 201 was, Bo? That is uh, – Event 201, isn't that like the uh, the world can sustain 200 events, the 201st of the one that could bring cataclysm? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Uh, It was – no, but that sounds interesting. Whatever that is, that sounds interesting. So I'll talk to you about that more, maybe right. off the air. But uh, Event 201 is, happened back in October of 2019. Yeah. Okay, and this was the simulation between Don Hopkins Medical, you know, uh, Don yeah, Hopkins yeah. Medical. Yeah, yeah, the, the COVID-19 thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, so the Don Hopkins, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in the World Economic Forum and they simulated the outbreak of a novel coronavirus that started in a poor slum in China before spreading across the world, shutting down the global economy and killing 65 million people before a vaccine is rolled out 18 months later and then basically saves the day. Okay, so that was that that was a, what event 201 is. And this happened three months before COVID even started. All right. And then three months after that, you got Bob Schwab's book. <laughs> But yeah, so I don't think that ended up working out the way they wanted it. And I think some of the things that they're doing right now is they have um, like a different theme every year, right? But the one of the multiple themes that they brought up was this cyber attack. And this one's interesting. Okay, it has the same exact player as Job, John Hopkins, um, the Melinda Gates Foundation, and the World Economic Forum. And I, the latest one simulation that they did was like only a couple weeks ago like in 2024. And I think the last one was in 2020 or so. But um, this simulation is called Poly uh, Cyber Polygon. And it took place July 8th, 2020, the first time, sponsored by the WEF. Um, and it goes like this. This is a quote from Klaus Schwab. A frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack that could bring a complete halt of the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this regard as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. All right. And then it goes on. If I can find it. Okay. And then um, another quote for, from the same thing is this guy. His name is uh, Jeremy Jurgen. Okay. And he's a managing partner of the World Economic Forum. Um, so he helps manage all these different sects and uh, basically brings the private and public sector together. And tries to manage the outcome and, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page. Uh, and he states, 
I believe that there will be another crisis. It will be more significant. It will be faster than what we saw with COVID. The impact will be greater if something something goes down. And as a result, the economic and social implications will be even more significant than COVID-19. To me, personally, and this is all speculation, but since this is being a recent thing, and we, we know that there's a few movies that actually came out with the whole theme of a cyber attack, okay? Like, everybody pretty much either heard of or saw the latest one on Netflix that was, you know, uh, produced by Obama's company. Yeah, Leave the World Behind. Leave the World Behind. And fun fact, Obama is a World Economic Forum member. Of course. And yeah. And um, it's it's crazy because you guys got to realize how many people are actually involved. Like Gavin Newsom, World Economic Forum member. Okay. He also graduated like Ivanka Trump from the uh, oh, Young Global Leaders. Okay. Which is, a, which is basically a schooling from the World Economic Forum to shape these people from the ages like 20 to 35 or 40. Um to basically rule the world or rule whatever part of society that they're in. So uh, it's just wild. But you got Gavin Newsom. You have uh, DeSantos from from uh, Florida. You have uh, Trudeau. Trudeau, you have, yeah, Trudeau. And it's funny because, yeah, in the World Economic Forum, literally Tuswab bragged about how Justin Trudeau came from Young Global Leaders, right? And that half of his cabinet were World Economic Forum members. He said that they infiltrated them. Well, see, like Shredo said it. And what what gets me is uh, this is what recently happened with the World Economic Forum that that caught my eye from where you know more of my lane kind of stuff. I've I've heard like you said since the last four years or so. World Economic Forum, Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, and if you listen to Isaac Weishaupt. Uh, he had he used to do a whole lot of stuff about the Great Reset and Klaus Schwab and stuff and on a tinfoil hat, something like that on that podcast. Um, but then, you know, I, I hear all this transhumanism and all this techie stuff. But a week or two ago, they bring out onto the, the stage, the main stage, this witch doctor. Now, these people are all atheists, right? <laughs> so, but they they bring out this witch. And I got yelled at on uh, on Instagram for calling her a witch, but that's what she professes to be. This is a uh, an Amazonian chiefess of the Yawanawe tribe. Her name is yeah, Putani. she's basically a shaman. Yeah, she's a shaman. She's uh, Her name is Putani Yawanawe, and she does a shamanic rite on stage to the, to the people that were sitting there on the board, and she's like blowing a spirit or whatever onto their forehead while she's doing this ritual and her hand gestures and the whole thing. Uh, you know, and how America is the right received it as immediately, this is pagan, this is devil worship, this is some kind of demonic ceremony. And the left was like, oh, look how pretty and inclusive this is. Um, meanwhile, beside this this uh, Amazonian lady, there's this real tall woman dressed in black that just stands there almost like her handler. You know, she's got this big, crazy-looking, weird necklace on, and she just stands there with this weird look on her face. Uh, could not find any information on who this woman was at all. Um, I, I, I was kind of hoping it would be related to Abramovich, but I couldn't see anything about it. Uh, but, yeah, so they do this really, uh, I guess the world would look at it as like a primitive ritual 
very spiritual uh, ritual right in the middle of all this. And when I looked at the theme for the year, the systemic response is needed. I, are they are they showing you that you know one more layer? Are they showing you what you know the what they have to do here? Are that that they're in alignment with this? Uh, what I looked at also as a, a demonic ritualistic kind of thing. Like how can these people claim to be atheistic and then allow this kind of ceremony to take place and partake in? It? What what are your all thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think that you know, although they they well, at least Noah, uh, evil Noah Harari claims to be an atheist. You know, I think that there's a whole lot more going on behind the scenes. I think that's up front. Um, there, are, like I said, there's a lot of ties to Klaus Schwab and the Nazis. And if you look into the the ideology of the Nazis, it's totally 110 percent occultic. It's a very very spiritual ideology and. That ties right into Helena Blavatsky, and I'm sure John can expound on that and the beliefs of the Aryans, who the Aryans were, all that stuff. But again, Klaus Schwab, just like the Nazis, and I get, yeah, I got to dig deeper into Klaus Schwab and where he came from, what he was a part of before this whole World Economic Forum thing came up. That way, you can, uh, you can calculate what he's actually trying to do. He's trying to run the world. He's trying to rule the world like the Third Reich. But again, behind that is this very, very spiritual ideology. I got you. I saw the witch thing, bro. I saw that, and that was wild. That was wild, man. And, you know, uh, uh, Abramovich is a World Economic Forum uh, agenda contributor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and she's like the most influential cultist of the day right now. Oh, yeah, man. You know, and she, I don't know if you heard about this, but she literally was, like, tasked or assigned to go and like reestablish all these schools in Ukraine. Yes, an ambassador for the Ukraine. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And I, I don't remember her brother's name, but I did a show with Billy from the Infinite Fringe. And if my research partner S90 found this out about um that her brother is like this major like new age futurist like white hat truther going around like discussing like the opposite that like marina abramovic talks about but like He's like the other side basically. never mentions her hat. at all you know it's like and, and there was and there was this guy i guess one last thing um he was running he would he studied under marina abramovic he was like um pupil of hers and his name was Sebastian. I'm going to butcher his last name. It's like Biniak. And he did a uh, kind of like a spinoff of the QAnon operation called Sabmiok uh, about white hats. And it was kind of like its own religion. And it had like this Queen Archimedes and like, you know, the Great Awakening is coming. And he started his own cryptocurrency coin and everything. So again, like, you know... Great reset into the Great Awakening, you know. I mean, no one, you know, everybody's heard of Marina Abramovic at this point, but and I'm, I wish I knew his first name, but no one's known about her, her brother. You can go listen to the interviews that 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 uh, the Serbian interviews that her brother did, and he sounds like a cutard, straight up, straight up, you know, but never mentions her at all. Period. That is interesting. I didn't know that. 
if you even had a brother, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. 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 But, but people are probably wondering, like, how the heck is this tied into biblical prophecy or the Bible at all? Mm-hmm. And we can go super in depth, but it would take a whole other episode. So I basically just kind of give this brief, I'll do my best to give a brief breakdown of how I believe it ties in. So the World Economic Forum has their hands in every sector of society, from technology, you know, digital technology, um, the, the leader of the IMF, World Bank, and all this stuff. They're all part of the World Economic Forum, okay? And we know that in the end times, they're going to they're gonna have a one-world currency, a one-world government, and a one-world religion. Now, debated is what that one-world religion will be. You know, will it be a conglomerate of, you know, just basically ecumenalism and we all worship the same God and, you know, the Antichrist claims to be this God that, you know, where everybody's worshiping, that type of thing? Or will it be something else? Okay, it's kind of debated on what that part will look like. But the Bible doesn't tell us how all this stuff actually comes about. You know, it doesn't tell you exactly how we end up with a one world currency, how we end up with a one world government. It doesn't give you the exact details on how that goes down. And the way that I see it is that the World Economic Forum is the mechanics. They are the mechanics. They're the ones that are making the moves for all this to get it to come into place, whether they know it or not. You know, like it's biblical prophecy either way, but the World Economic Forum is so heavy into digital currency and they want, they're, they're very, they admit they want a one world government. They want a one world currency. Now the religion part is kind of the, it's kind of the iffy spot, but as we notice, they had the Pope there. They had this witch there. They're starting to implement that religious side of things. Okay. They're trying to place their pawns in the right spots, I believe. But not only that, but like we know that according to Deuteronomy, there are, rebellious angels over the nations, over all the nations of the world. And we know that Satan is the god of this world right now. Right. Okay. And I think he's running the show, but obviously there's more than just him. There are more gods. Lowercase g gods. Right. Doing their thing. And that's why I think that you also see a bit of conflict within all this stuff as well. You know? Again, they might all have the same same goals. They just they don't go about it all the same way. Right. Something so we're seeing some, right? some infighting with the principalities and powers, right? Yes, yes. But at the end of the day, you, you see, like, in the very top places of society that actually run the show, like, these guys are all together. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all World right. Economic Forum leaders and uh, agenda contributors. So I really think, and we, we know that there is a huge push right now for the uh, digital currency in the United States. I think China already has theirs. Um, another country, I think maybe it was India, already has theirs. We're getting there, man. We're getting there. And somehow, this one world currency is going to come together. And I don't think that it's going to happen by the United States and the Federal Reserve themselves. I don't think it's going to be like how the American dollar is like, you know, the currency of the world. Thank you. Know, you. It's not going to be like that. Thank you, Jeremy, for saying that, because the Federal Reserve is the current world order's petrodollar, right? Is the current reserve currency right. for the entire world order. It will be replaced by what they're calling through the quantum financial reset. If you're looking at it from a theosophical standpoint, the St. Germain Trust, it's going to like the it the it's going to the old world banking system is going to fail. 
in the new world, at least what they're saying. Now, I don't know if this has come to fruition or not. And you have the debtclot.org website that's run by the Durst billionaire family. And they're putting all this esotericism. Like you have the debt clock, which is like normal statistics of how much debt the United States is in. But they have this secret thing where you can press and it'll show you exactly what I'm talking about. And they're putting it forth together and others that the new world order currency system will be whatever. It'll be a commodity backed based, but it'll be, you know, as long as you take the mark, if you're looking at it from a biblical perspective, you will be given infinite amount of money. Whatever your little heart desires, whatever sin you want to do, you can afford it. And they're yep. literally telling people to make intention binders so that when they're you given billions or millions of dollars, they can fulfill their intentions. Wow. And at the same time, they also have that, like I said, Yuval Harari said, like, what happens when you're disconnected from the system? Like, you wouldn't even be able to survive once we get, once they go that far with the merging of man and machine, right? So, like, you step out of line if you even can. Even if, if you even can, you know, say you get this deep into it, you ended up taking the mark. Like, there's no getting out of it. But I'm just saying, like, they can hit the off switch whenever they want. If somebody else tries to rise to power, all they got to do is hit the off switch, disconnect you from the network, and you're done. And I think that the whole transhumanism agenda is part of the, the you know, a revelation says that they will seek death and they will not find it. That's because they're trying to live forever. Yeah. They're doing their best, man. And it's, there is like, uh, there's way more to this, bro. I and mean, there's so much, like I said, there's multiple different layers. We could next time, you know, sometime if you're, if you're down again, we can get into the internet of things and what that's all about and how they're trying to make these 15 minute cities where everything, literally everything is in 15 minute walking distance or biking distance. And it's all connected to the internet. You're and Trump's making to... them, right? Trump's yeah, making Trump's them. Helping to build and those. he's literally yeah. saying there's got to be a contest for people to send in their designs, okay? And they'll be able to get some sort of position in, in making these things come true. Come true. And he's calling them freedom cities. That's right. And he's starting in New Mexico. Well, he already started, but he, he proposed like $20 million for this to, to happen. Um, in New Mexico on the outskirts of Albuquerque because of the homeless population. You know they're going to take the lowest people of society and throw them into something like that first. So, man. any thoughts, boys? <laughs> this is this has been great, man. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to want people to live in fear or anything, but people need to be right. very aware of the intention and what they're surrounded by in this world. You know. Uh, I guess that's it's all the more reason to seek Christ. Yeah, man. That's one thing I always tell everybody is, um, look, like this, is, this isn't for everybody. I think everybody should know about it, but I know that's not for everybody to dive deep, you know, head first into. Like, that's just something I'm called to do is I'm, I dive deep into the occult and expose them too. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like this. It's fascinating to me. Yeah. And personally, you know, looking inside all this darkness just makes the light of God shine so much brighter in my life. And it makes the Bible is so much more alive, you know, it, it's, it's kind of profound. And I know other people have different callings, you know, but it's, even if you do, you don't just bury your head in the sand, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I love what you're doing. I think this is a, this is a work that needs to be done. I, I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I do want to, at some point, um, 
I do want to be able to like break this all down comprehensively and because I've never seen anybody do it, but I want to break down like to a fine point, the mechanics of how all of this relates to biblical prophecy. Like I just kind of gave like an overview and I can see it from that perspective. You know what I mean? Like yeah. how we're going to get a one world currency and one world governance. I definitely going through the, the world economic forum, but um, I want to break it down so that people can digest it easily. I just got to find the time, bro. <laughs> just gotta find the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'll say in closing is, is you're right, Bo is, um, you know, for us born again, believers, our hope is Jesus Christ. We right. have hope. The rest of the world, the unbelieving world does not, which is why if we are living in the end, in times, in the end of days, which I believe that, you know, we will be, I believe the tribulation is coming soon. Um, if that is the case, then, and even if it's not, you know, we are called by Jesus Christ to to go out and to preach the gospel and to baptize, you know, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit uh, to everyone, you know. And so if the time is very, very short and we're one minute to midnight, we need to make sure that we're doing it as much as possible. Amen. Because that is the only hope we have and that is the only thing that saves the gospel Amen. and the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, so and you know, no matter what, God will be with us. Uh, you know, and through our trials and tribulations, no matter how um tough and how much we have to endure, we should praise him. That's right. That's right. And at the end of the day, to live is Christ and to die is gain, right? Amen. Oh. Amen. Resist. That uh, uh I don't know if it, I think you are, John, but I don't know if you are, Bo. Uh, are you familiar with the documentary Age of Deceit, Fallen Angels of the New World Order? I've watched so many. I don't know, maybe. All right. Well, um, back in like 2012, you know, I watched that documentary while I was seeking truth. Um, I went down so many different paths, and I've said this a hundred times, but that um, that documentary pretty much laid out, you know, the whole the New World Order, uh, Alice Bailey's work. It exposed the New Age agenda, the alien deception, all this different stuff. But from a biblical point of view, and I had never ever seen it from a biblical point of view until that time. And uh, it, it 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 made the most sense, I guess. And it was hitting me hard while I was watching it. But at the very end of it, it, it preached the gospel. So I know that as long as you're preaching the gospel, even if you're doing work like we do, right? And you're exposing all these deep, dark things, it can lead people to Christ. I mean, only the gospel will save you. That's why it needs to be included. But a lot of people will try to avoid uh, these subjects because it's too dark for them. Right. But there's a lot of people like us who are hungry and thirsty and know that this world is upside down. They know something is wrong with this world. They just haven't found the truth yet. They haven't found Christ. Yeah. You know, and so when we expose this stuff and we do it from a biblical perspective and we incorporate the gospel, I know that it will bring those who need to hear it, you know, out of the darkness and into his light, just like it did me. You know, that's right. Absolutely. That's wonderful. It's a good ministry, man. Amen. Well, man, do you have any uh, closing thoughts, brother? Me? No, I'm, man, I, I'm just, uh, I'm taking it all in. I've been taking notes the whole time we're sitting here talking. Uh, just stay awake, stay aware. Um, for those of you on, on your end that are listening to me, uh, I would invite everybody to come check out the Bump Podcast. I'm on all podcast platforms. 
uh, all social media platforms. I don't usually sound quite this nasally. I have a sinus infection and bronchitis, so I sound like a, a wimp right now. But Just keep on your prayers. <laughs> yeah, it's, spiritual warfare is very real, guys. Uh, and I, I get my my butt handed to me with uh, little stomach bugs and viruses. It seems like every time I turn around, but uh, spiritual warfare is real. But yeah, come come check out the show. And for my my listeners, I would like for you guys to say where you're at, what you're into. I I heard you say you had some sub stacks too, John. So I'd I'd love for you all to just plug away on everything you have too. You want to go first, Jeremy? Uh, yeah. Uh, so you can find Buy Their Fruits on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you find or listen to podcasts, all platforms except YouTube. Um, and I always say because we'll never make it more than a we're one. We're not allowed you know, there. <laughs> one upload. Yeah, we're not allowed there. We I've lost two it. YouTube channels, so I mean, I, I, it is what it is. So. Wow. Yeah. I've had one and, show. Uh, from Spotify or YouTube? YouTube. Oh, okay. I mean, Spotify's great, man. I was going to say, YouTube definitely is going to kick you off eventually. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Spotify's been pretty good to us. Um, but yeah, if you want to find me personally, you can just find me on Facebook, Jeremy Stone. And uh, that's pretty much all I got. I mean, I got a TikTok that I don't even know how to use. And that's that's about it. So, John, where can people find you, buddy? His TikToks are, uh, are, are interesting. Uh, he'll, <laughs> he'll get better at it. I know he will. Um, you can find me, of course, uh, by their fruits with Jeremy Stone, obviously. Um, and, um, you know, I have my own Substack. We've read the documents, Odyssey channel. We've read the documents, Patreon. We've read the documents, uh, we've underscore read on Twitter. I should probably make a buy their fruits Twitter account as well, too. Thinking out on the top of my head. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just the trouble we live in. Just, just, you know, lean in, rely on God as much as you possibly can, because, um, things are going to get worse before they get really good, which is when Jesus Christ returns. So, Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Bo. Thanks for coming on. Yes. Thanks for having us. Hey. Uh, we love you, man. It's good to catch up, and hopefully, we can. I don't know. Every once in a while, because I know it's heavy, but maybe every once in a while, we can we can do a little series and get into some of the other layers of this deception that's coming our way. Just holler at me, man. I'll do some homework. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have an experience or an encounter that you'd like to share, holler at me. You can reach me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com or by the bump phone at 304-812-0553. Leave a text or a voicemail either way and I'll get back to you. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Stick around after this for a special invitation. Don't get taken advantage of anymore. Don't feed greedy companies. Buy local, buy small, buy from people who actually care. Buy Minutemen Outfitters. Minutemen Outfitters is a small American business dedicated to providing nylon tactical and survival gear using the highest quality USA source material available at common man prices. Check them out on Instagram. It's Minutemen Outfitters 1776, all one word. Once you see their logo, you'll know why I reached out to these guys. And I was pleasantly surprised at the quality of their products and just how friendly these guys are. They're, they're local to us here. Um, 
good Appalachian guys. All right, so give them some support. Go check them out. Minutemen Outfitters 1776 on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. Jesus, bless the Lord. 
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. And your burdens, you no longer. 
hunger can bear Just come on up to this altar And take it to the Lord in prayer Come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you and you'll be Come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. And ask the Lord to forgive you and you'll be Better days, better days.